Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcast. G'day and welcome to another extra special edition of Thrush and Treasure, the Torture Chamber musical comedy podcast for the musically lobotomized. Speaking of bottom, I'm your host for today, Aaron, and I'm joined as usual by the Bohemian Rhapsody to my rocket man. Doll, he's here, my co-host here. G'day, Gareth, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yes, good? Yes. That's good. How was your week? Um, It was a good week. I had a good weekend. It was a good week. Yeah, I had a good. I had an interesting weekend. I um. Did you? Why? What did you get up to? Well, I I stayed in that a was Easter weekend. Wasn't yes, it? I stayed in a haunted hotel. Oh yeah, there was a book yes. uh, a bookcase with a, a secret. Oh my god, my imagination went wild. I found a secret door. Seriously, it was it was that was right next to our our hotel room, mm. our room, which is in this old. It was like. I don't know how it's it's Australia, so nothing's really that old here. Um, hello, um, we have the but, oldest land on earth and where you are in perth there are the um the 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 coral rocks that are the oldest living organisms on this earth so you are wrong already in this show today but, Gareth. but for places to stay as accommodation oh okay yes now see that makes sense rock for rock formations yeah rock formation is not so great anyway it's a very it's a very old hotel and we looked at and and, and the weird thing about it is it was a bookcase yeah. And it had shelves and it looked like it. And then when you got up closer, the books on it was was actually wallpaper on the back. Oh, okay. So it looked kind of weird. And me being me, it took it took a, a few hours. And I and I noticed this little latch down by the bottom of it. And I went, I pushed the latch and this thing opened like it was a movie. And it went into this whole so different exciting. part of the hotel, which and they had a kitchen in there, and there was a living room. It was a way bigger room than we had, and we kind of walked around and went, "I think someone lives here." Yeah, so probably a caretaker. So we did what everyone should do, and we both took videos of ourselves pretending to <laughs> find the door for the first time and put it on TikTok. And yeah, oh, and, then, no, and then we got out of there, but it was so bizarre because that was literally there was no other doors that we could find that were weird or secret, but that was the weird secret door into the room. So I don't know if you paid extra for that room, and we weren't told about it, but yeah, it was a lot. It was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot wow. of fun. Fancy like that you were at a hotel. We've been talking lots about Tasmania and mm. are they still alive? Mm. So I sent the family down. So I've got the house to myself for a week. Huzzah. That's a nice thing to do. Go to Tassie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to do it. Myself. I don't want to risk my life. So I sent those three down. <laughs> Why not? It's a child and two senior citizens. An- <laughs> <laughs> Actually, two children because they've taken my niece as well. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Tassie's great. I love Tassie. It's getting a bit warm in here, Gareth. What are you? What are you wearing? <laughs> oh, did Andy send you a t-shirt? No, I bought it. Did you? I'm gonna get one for free. I'm gonna support the band. Thank you very much. All right, he sends me free stuff. Just saying. Why did you not get one? No, I'm, I'm wearing a tea towel essentially. Yeah. So thank you to Lord and the boys for their CD. Thank you, Andy Dowling. for their unsigned nice. CD. So now it has zero value. <laughs> Thank you for that. But anyway. Anyway. So guess what? What? We have another diva in the studio today. What? We're joined by one of Canada's most sought after stage managers who would be calling the Canadian production of Come From Away, if not for that pesky COVID business. And as our third Come From Away, does that make us cousins from away? Anyways, <laughs> she's also called the shots oh. on shows such as Les Miserables and today's featured musical, and is currently assisting Toronto's Soul Pepper Theatre Company produce a live stream season 
of Bad Hat Theatre's Alice in Wonderland, but apart from being a highly respected leader offstage, you can also find her co-hosting the infectious Check-In From Away with the ever-delightful Steffi D. Domenicantonio, but none of that compares to her talents as a singer-songwriter whose upcoming single Skin drops on May 6th, here to shed her music sensibilities and also a ton of class onto our trash heap of a show. Later. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the stunning Lisa Humber. Girl, why are you so friggin' pretty? Wow, it's uh, the Canadian air. It's it's, it's not just me. <laughs> All Canadian women are, are beautiful, so get I've on over here. <laughs> Even the men dressed up as women on, on Drag Race were bloody beautiful. I <laughs> So jealous. We're, we're part of your Commonwealth. Like we're all supposed to be family. What what happened? Well, I think it's because in the old timey days, all the convicts went to Australia and all the like <laughs> young orphans came to Canada, right? So maybe yeah. something about that. Well, maybe it's because we're um all descended from rocks, slimy rocks in Perth. So <laughs> wow. we still look like it because okay. we, we live close in the vicinity. Well, they are. I tried to say that, that they are our oldest living ancestors. Who? Those rocks. The, the rocks? Okay. Those coral rocks with the slime on it. I, I can't remember what they're called. The name will come to me. It's I'm, I'm, um, not stalactites or something like that. No, it's... it's um. Oh, stromatolites. But anyways, how are you anyway. doing? How, how's your lockdown been? <laughs> um, I'm doing okay. I'm here in Toronto, Canada. Uh, lockdown yes. has been not as successful as the lockdown in Australia that's for sure Um, we are still in the big lockdown uh, gray zone here we are in one of the biggest longest lockdowns in the whole world (laughs) so uh, yeah you know what I'm like everyone so fucking over COVID-19 and ready to you know get out of my house and go see live music and do shows and do all the things I used to do so yeah it's funny at at, at the start of this um, just over a year ago i would i was playing video games uh, on the xbox and so there was a group of us who were playing and covid came up because this was i think it might have been late february and i i sort of said to everyone then if this gets serious just take this as a dress rehearsal for the zombie apocalypse <laughs> mm. right because then you're not gonna panic you're gonna you're gonna prepare for yourself for when it is something seriously fucked up and a year later we're still in this mess so maybe I shouldn't yeah. have given that advice. But you know what? Like the one thing I will say is if there was a zombie apocalypse, I would definitely own a machete, which I don't own for surviving yeah. COVID-19. So I'm, I'm failing, you know, being prepared for the zombie apocalypse. Yep. Yep. No, well, you're not a right wing Republican, so you don't need to shoot COVID to get rid of it, apparently, <laughs> or some ridiculous nonsense. God bless. God bless America. Well, I have no idea what they go on about. No, I I think but if the if the pandemic has been a, a practice run for the zombie apocalypse, I think we've all failed. We're all we're all going to die. We are literally no, going you, to you die. You all failed. You all failed. I I flourished. <laughs> I, I thrived. Okay. I I went crazy with other people here, but as a hermit, I mm. was fine. Yes. Like, think about. It, I'm a writer. I'm used to shutting out the world and and just me and the laptop and and writing for hours on end. Mm. Mm. But this time, I I published a book at the very start of it so it was like what do i do now yeah that was a and i kicked some ass that's what i did 
Right. And 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 obviously, Lisa, uh, you and Steffi, you started your show, so you guys have kicked some ass as well. Well, yeah, you know, I, I'll take that compliment. There's been a little bit of ass kicking. There has been. Has been. Yeah, why not? Like, I, I, I won't say like none of the other cast members or crew were ass, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> no comment. No comment. I I know how the show came to be. They didn't approach you. You guys approached them. So. To, to the other cast members out there, I have lots of love and respect. I'm even using my come from away mug. I love which it. I will, I will always use on these recordings. So. I don't have one. Well, it's I'm, I'm just waiting for Brisbane to get out of the way and Sydney to get out of the way and they'll skip Adelaide because no one cares and come to Perth. So, Perfect. Yes. Yes. So, okay, for the metal team out there, mm. uh, a stage manager. Now, I'm sure you can put those two words together and think, I can tell what a stage manager does. Uh, yep. And then times that by a hundred, I think, in terms of uh, intensity, brings, because brings. you're very much, you're standing backstage on, on prompt or opposite prompt, if you're the assistant stage manager. And um, I'll let Lisa, you, you explain to the uh, the troglodytes in Team Metal Wow, you might not know. I, I t- tell me what you do, and then I'll tell you if I thought that's what you did. <laughs> okay, so I'll give you the quick analogy: is I'm like the pilot of the whole show. Oh. It's like I am the one that's flying the plane, and nothing happens until I say literally the word "go." Um, and so I'm the information hub. I'm at the top of the pyramid, and I'm there supporting everybody else that's involved in the production that's essentially the coles notes version of what a stage manager does is that what you thought no i was wrong no you were wrong why what were you thinking i was completely wrong i thought you just bought them their rider backstage made sure there was enough beer and you know <laughs> and tacos so there you go that's a runner yeah it's a runner <laughs> i have done that before in other universes especially when i was you know growing up in my career and working on rock shows and other things like that and that's equally as fun but now i'm 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 a I don't want to say I'm above that because I'm not. I would still gladly do that if that was a job that came my way. What I'm saying is the positions I hold now, I have assistants that do those sort of things. Now, when in my first year of theatre and our first show that we did, our stage manager was introduced to us as the Big Bad Wolf. Ooh, is wow. that something that happens? I'm guessing it doesn't happen in Canada. That's not a, a nickname that gets around. No, you know what? People in Canada will call us like the mother of the show or yep. God. Two terms I actually hate because, you know, as we know, theater is a collaborative art form and no show can happen without everybody's participation. Like I always view a theater production as being like a big paint by numbers picture and everybody has their own color and their own number that they have to paint in and each is equally as important as the other. And I don't want to be anyone's mother. I don't want to be anybody's any of that. I just want to, you know, of course I want the show to be awesome. And I, and I, I don't mind having to be the disciplinary if it comes to that. But, um, you know, I don't like being put that label on to yeah. myself. Would you prefer Big Bad Wolf? I, I'd prefer Big Bad Wolf over Mother <laughs> yep. or God. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. That's... Well, last I checked, your your surname was Humba, not Humble. So... Oh, there we go. <laughs> Sorry. That was there a really go. bad pun. Did wow. you, have you written that one for a while? Just no, waiting? no. Oh, okay. I, I just thought of that. I, I, um, <laughs> I like trying new material on the road. So. Right. Good luck. That's, that's a lot of power to wield, though. No one moves yeah. until I say go. That's like... You, you know what, though, but with a lot of power comes a lot of responsibility. Mm. So you have to... Ex- Cliche, alert, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but it's like the accountability. And the thing is, is that my job is easy until stuff goes wrong. And then that's yep. when things are really important, right? And 
if you're working on a multi-million dollar production like The Sound of Music that I did here in Toronto, which one of your countrymen was in, which we'll get into later. Okay. We'll talk about it, but- um, oh, It sounds you know, like he was had, cute. You can tell me. We had a okay. 10,000 pound mountain in the show, right? So if that breaks down or something happens, the stage manager is essentially the one who has to decide how we're gonna get out of the conundrum. And so with, you know, when there's millions of dollars at stake, you can't, you know, you're allowed to make the wrong decision once. Well. <laughs> and then you'll be there to make the decisions again. <laughs> <laughs> then you're down to assistant stage manager. <laughs> exactly. Subsequently, a 10,000 pound mountain is what I describe my future husband as. Wow. Oh, wow. Anyways, let's move on. Uh, yes, yeah, so this week. It's a visual. Gareth. Yes. You gave us a metal album. I did. To endure. Mm. Would you is like to. Uh... Enduring. It was endearing. endearing. No, I, I dug back into an, uh, something I class as one of the best releases of the year, whatever year that came out. I think it was 2018. So, you know, that's where I live. And it was it was Slipknot, We Are Not Your Kind. And I'm, I just, I genuinely. This is this is the love that I share. This came from my this came from my heart to your ears. Wow. Yeah. Is that why they're bleeding? Could I ask you a question first? Like Slipknot, yep. when I saw that name, I first first of all I thought is that this is that's like something that comes out of your nose when you look in the tissue. You know, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of name is that? Slipknot. I'm like, oh, I, I just had a Slipknot come out of my nose. So. <laughs> I don't think I can look at the band the same now. Yeah. Okay. No, so thank you thank you for that. I'm mm. so glad cuz usually it's me that has to ruin things for him <laughs> for life. So, it takes a bit of pressure off me. I was to say I did listen to a few of your episodes and you are quite vicious, so I'm very curious to hear what you're going to say today. <laughs> me? I'm not I'm I'm a puppy dog. I'm really sweet. Have you not seen the photos of me rescuing endangered birds? <laughs> I'm a good guy. I'm not a nice guy. I'm not very nice. Anyways, yeah. would you like to hear my review? I would. I only have a short one today. <laughs> a very short one. Really? Yeah. Because it's, it's a pretty long album. I mean, you'd, you'd I expect you'd go deep. <laughs> That's what she said. No, actually, mm. I did. I went with a deep cut in pop culture. Oh, good. I won't understand any of it then. When I first saw the cover, I was inspired to tell you what I really think of you, Gareth. Mm. Dear Gareth. I hate your stinking guts. Wow. You make me vomit. You're a scum between my toes. Love, Aaron. And full credit to Paul Gow, Stephen Mazer, and Penelope Spheris, the screenwriters of the Little Rascals movie from 1994, which is where I totally ripped that review from, which is not a review. I was just being a shithead. Anyways, three stars. I actually kind of like this album, but... That fucking grr, 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 oh. grr, get rid of it. Corey but there Taylor. are some really melodic songs on there. And Spiders, ill, gross, but that's a really good song. Wow. Like, I really liked that. That was. Yeah, I really liked that. That was that, a standout song for me as well. I had three of them, and Spiders was the number one standout. Yeah. Um, insert coin. Thank you, Slipknot, for putting a beginning or opening song at the start of your album. Yes. You have to insert a coin to start a jukebox. That's the first track. Oh, my God. Mm. Thank you. Uh, however, it's another Ride Q music track or Muzak. Like, um, what was it that was that I commented on with E.T.? That it sounded like I was at the in, in, the, in the line for E.T. the ride. Mm. Now, I have an amendment to make. I said E.T.'s planet was named Botanicus. I was wrong. I knew it was the green planet 
for some reason, I, I got it mistaken. Yeah. His teacher is Botanicus. All right, so I need to... I don't want the nerds coming after me, right. I, I, especially not the Spielberg nerds. Okay. They carry okay. clapperboards with them. Anyways, un, Unsainted had some mm. really catchy melodic moments, but they were again ruined, ruined. by the fucking motorboat. The... It, it just... This is a prime example mm. of that disconnect that I keep talking about, that I, I can be really enjoying a song and then suddenly I'm being slapped across the face. I know the feeling. Do you? Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, it's... I'm kind of curious to know how. And, we, and we're getting to that. And we're getting to that. But whilst I hate spiders mm. and that song was really good, Orphan reminded me why I fucking hate children. Wow. So I didn't like that one at all. I didn't um, think you were going to like any of it. What was good was really, really good. Mm. That's the thing. What wasn't good, what I couldn't connect with, no time for. No time for at all. I didn't even have time to... I didn't even give it the, the, the respect or dignity to write jokes about it. Wow. To roast it. That's how indifferent I was about it. Because it ruined, in a way, a lot of the times ruined what was so good about certain songs. Okay. Like Unsainted. Hmm. Amazing. No, I I forgot how how much I love this album until because I, I haven't heard it for a, a little while and yeah. I put it on and went, yep, you're gonna like it right up until Corey Taylor hits the unclean vocals and then you're gonna you're gonna hate it. And that's yeah. the opposite for me. See, I actually prefer when he doesn't sing clean so much because it kind of it's not really Slipknot early slip, Slipknot was really quite in your face i get i get it this one is as well but yeah mm -hmm. i thought but i thought you know there's enough this is probably their most i'm going to use the word experimental album and they're a pretty experimental band they've got like a thousand members and you know two percussionists and a drummer and it's just completely bonkers what they do but um yeah i thought well this one's probably one of their it's it's definitely one of their best and i thought let's throw it out there also they were supposed to tour with metallica in 2019 and metallica pulled out so we got nothing and that wasn't even covid related that was james hetfield related because he sadly had to go and get himself sorted out but yeah anyway i was sad that i missed slipknot but yeah there we go um and while i was listening to it i'm thinking i wonder what lisa thinks yeah and just be before we get into that as, as and, and sometimes i feel bad well you should Something. but we, yeah. we did design this show for torture purposes yeah so we yep. shouldn't feel too bad about but that then, however just before we get yeah. into lisa's thoughts a slip knot mm. is a knot that you can pull to loosen and if at any moment i quickly duck out it's because i really really need to burp and i don't want to do it in the microphone i'm so sorry but that's why okay. i suddenly disappear okay. if i do okay <laughs> all right then yeah <laughs> we'll just speak we'll just speak amongst ourselves that's right yes, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I'm so embarrassed right now, but we all know I'm a, a nitwit, so mm. anyways. Um, well, thank you for sharing that Slipknot isn't something that comes out of your nose, so that's good to know. It is now, though. It is yes. now. Um, now we can sleep at night. <laughs> I will say, um, for, I did two passes at the album. I gave it two passes, okay. two listens. Well done. I thought wow. I, that's, it deserves that. And my first initial response was, I don't understand how you don't love musicals, because this album has so much drama in it I was it like, does yeah. doesn't it, so it? Yeah. Yeah. there's so much orchestral stuff and like some dramatic yeah. stuff i was like this could be totally some of these parts could be a soundscape to some sort of theater piece so i was really shocked to hear that you don't love theater music um <laughs> because i was like, this could be that a little bit um yeah. i will admit that my favorite song on the album was what's next because it's only 30 seconds and there's no singing <laughs> You're stealing my jokes. There you go. 
Um, but honestly, the whole second part of the album from Spiders to the end, I actually quite enjoyed because there was less wow. of what I guess what you were referring to, Gareth, about the motor boating and the um the unclean scene. Yeah, it's whatever that weird yeah. scene. I don't even know what it is. Like it sounds like torture moaning or something, or like I don't know what the I don't know what it is, but I can't handle that. I just like take those all out and I would totally yep. listen to this album as an instrumental album slash the parts where the singing is not torture <laughs> yeah. But overall, I have to say I was really, really, really worried going in. I'm like, oh gosh, are my ears gonna bleed after this? And I was pleasantly surprised. So Yeah, I okay. was too. Damn, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's disappointed. And you did you did right, Lisa. There is such an overlap between heavy metal and musical theatre because it's so I mean, on top of all the sort of music genres, metal is probably the most over the top and theatric. And if you go to a you know, an Alice Cooper show and he probably started it, Kiss do it, Iron Maiden, there's dragons and fire and and there's um Hang on. <laughs> and there's yeah, you know, there's just so much going on than than four dudes just standing there and banging their heads. So and there is there's there's such an overlap, and I think that's part of the reason the show works. Yeah. And some, some sometimes sometimes we love and some things we hate. Sorry. <laughs> but um, the the singer Corey Taylor has got a another band that completely slips my mind. But he sings in that completely clean. There is no there's no growling or anything like that. So and he's got a, he's got a pretty damn good voice. So and I've completely completely forgotten the name of the band but it's it's still hard rock but it's it's uh entirely different so yeah but also he has such a good voice and he sings in that other band like all those weird like moan groan growl things are gonna shoot his vocal cords off yeah. and we're gonna be like, <laughs> mm. like, like why i'm like that must hurt like how many takes <clears throat> does he have to do to get that for him yeah you'd want to get it the first time <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like a gargling whiskey and he's like here i go here we go i'm ready yeah pack of cigarettes and a <laughs> A fifth of Jack Daniels and we're ready to go. Yeah. Would you want to get it in the first take or the 50th take when you can't feel it anymore? Yeah, that is that is true. No, that wouldn't be good. Do it in the first take. I'm kind of glad you guys found something in it, you know. Yeah, no, I, what, what was good was... And I've never... I mean, I've, 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 I would have heard Slipknot at parties yeah. back in my punk days. Um, same with System of a Down, mm-hmm. um, which is where the conniption fits come in because I don't want to be reminded of my 17, 18, 19, 20 year old times. No one does. No one does. But I don't remember them like I did System of a Down with that Chop Suey song, which was played a thousand times a night. Yeah. Um, which was a much yeah. bigger hit. That's Slipknot are uh, huge in the metal community. And when they came out, they were, I mean, they were doing stuff that no one else had done and they were pretty outrageous. And, you know, for a time, they they still all wear masks, which I don't know how you can perform with, you know, night after night with a sweaty, horrible mask on. But there you go. They do well, it. It's very timely. I was like, you could say they're ahead of their time, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, they're ready now. Let's go. Now, they now they're <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except no tours, so yeah. So they were, you know, in in metal realms, they were they were they were pretty big. But you know, System of Down had a had a big mainstream hit. So yeah, where System of Down, they they're never going to. I don't think it's not it's not it's definitely not music written for radio. So right. Can I ask you a question as the resident metal expert, yes. really out of curiosity? Like, does System of a Down or Slipknot have that guy in the band that wears like the KFC bucket thing on his head? No, 
<laughs> that was that was that? that was Buckethead. Okay. Now there's oh, a, hang on. Uh, corn. Is that corn? No, no I know bu- this. Uh, I know this. Well, bucket, Buckethead. I, I know this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I have no fucking clue. No, Buckethead played with Guns N' Roses after Slash left when they what? weren't really Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Hmm. But before yeah. that, wasn't he in one of those like battle? Yeah, he, that's he what I'm thinking. I know this. He was. I don't know why. Um, I, I, I don't up. know why I was like, oh, maybe he's a whatnot. No, no, they're, they're, um, their masks are a little bit more um, serious than a, than a KFC. A KFC bucket on your head is actually, uh, it's become a thing at the cricket in Australia because they, they sponsor it. And you can literally buy a bucket and you put it on your head like a hat. And it's, um, it's a fashion item at the cricket because, let's face it, there's not much happening at the cricket, so you've got to do something to keep yourself amused. Are you drinking alcohol as well, or are you? Oh, most definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I was and like, then, is you're just like, I'm gonna get some fried chicken. I'm gonna put the bucket yeah, on I'm my head. Eat all this chicken and yeah. No, they literally they sell the buckets without chicken in it. You just go and buy the bucket and stick it on your like it. Yeah, it's a it's a, an accessory. Wow. And then, and then you then you buy beer in a plastic cup and you buy so many that. They put them all together and they stack them horizontally and they try and make a big long snake and they call it a beer snake that goes around the ground. And then people come along and, you know, the uh, security comes along and breaks that party up because we don't want fun at the cricket while you're wearing a KFC bucket on your head. You guys, you guys really know how to live it up over there. <laughs> holy moly. I know <laughs> that that's the dichotomy between us locals and and how foreigners see us. Because I'm listening to this mortified on how he's <laughs> representing my country. Because he was born in New Zealand, so that's it's okay true. for him. You know, he can. I he can. can m- I can mock. I can make mock us my... look as nerdy yeah. as possible, <laughs> all he likes. But then again, in that shirt, I wouldn't talk. Um, we should have a break and then yes. come back with... Um... Yeah, I, I really need to burp myself like a baby, okay. like pat myself on the back. Oh, I shouldn't do that. Burp in, the, burp, in the, burp in the break. Coming this summer, winter, spring or fall, the first ever musical theatre sitcom where you go behind the scenes of the latest West End show, The Fosse Forest Ballet. Where's the important stuff? Aha! A thousand pound a week ensemble rate. Ah, that's what Mamma Mia likes. Starring Philip Joel and a West End cast featuring Carrie Alice, Darren Day, Louise Demon, and Oliver Savile, and more. It all started in 1987 when I was a jobbing actress working in a diner. Yeah, it's just I, I had a really bad experience when I was touring Australia with a wombat. Darling! How long have I been mentoring you? Three months? Two years. So, her name is Henrietta. The horse? Yes. I've managed to secure you an audition for the biggest, most innovative, and the latest show to be going into the West End. Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. Think more along the lines of Pant. Frozen. Watch this episode for the price of a coffee. Simply go to www.thefussyforestbelly.com. Any and all profits go back to theatre charities, acting for others, and the Theatre's Trust. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll see a grown man in sparkly tights. Tight nights. Nice. Tights.
you gotta listen to what they said at the start of it. This most embarrassing story about me. <laughs> Is that the spider one? No. Oh no. no. Yes, it. Thing about you finding the spider in the shower when you were naked and all that. <laughs> it's the visuals that come from the stories that disturb me. Well, there was one in there the other day and I was under the water already and I saw it on the wall. So I sort of grabbed where I thought the web was and I successfully got it. So I'm sort of dangling it away from the water as much as I could. Keep the water on my back. And I tried to throw it out the door, but I don't know where it went. I don't know if it landed in the water or what, so... Maybe you swallowed so, it in your sleep. Oh. Po- possibly. We, we do swallow about eight in our lifetime, apparently. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've heard that. I just thought it was just a, oh, there was an urban myth. No, well, they, they'll crawl into your mouth while you're sleeping. And then you'll get a slip knot and it'll come out your nose. <laughs> <laughs> if you're recording that. <laughs> That's good. But that should show what a gentle soul I am. I'm not not vicious. Yeah. I can be on this show. I have to put up with him. So yes, me. I'm me. awful. I'm an awful, <laughs> awful person. Yeah. So, I know. I'm so. so curious. Like you know, one day when we have more time to chat in real life, how you two came to meet and to be, and how you have this yeah. show. What a we don't want to peculiar yet wonderful match. It's a biz- <laughs> it's a bizarre story, and we yeah we wa- we do not have time, Aaron. Uh, we don't have time. Lego. It was Lego. No, we don't have time. <laughs> I know. I, I was like, I know you're a chatter. I know you're a chatter, Aaron. So um, I was like, can I bring up? Or is it going to be like 4 a.m. here? And I'm like, okay, got to go. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. It, it was yeah. Lego. That's what it was. He was admiring what I was building in Lego. And that's how we met. It was way cooler than that. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, it kind of was, wasn't it? <laughs> If I might say so myself. Anyway. What also is way cooler than Lego is the musical that Lisa chose for us this week. We mentioned the title before. Which would you like to tell everyone what you chose for us? Yes, I chose the musical The Sound of Music. All-time classic, probably the world's most popular musical. Right. Yeah. Yes, I think it was. Oh, Gareth. Yeah. Wow. Can you quote what I said when you told me that Lisa had, because I can't remember exactly what the quote was, but there was swearing in it. Um, oh, you no, you said my best friend's name, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think that's pretty much all I said. Yeah, that was all you said. Which is completely unfair and unfounded yes. because I've never seen it. And so I've never seen the musical. I've never seen the movie. I think I'm the only person on the planet that hasn't. But you've been there. I have. Just and that was nothing. That was fun. I went to, I was in Austria. I went to Salzburg. Had no idea that Salzburg was famous for the sound of music until we were kind of walking along and there's this big sign that says... Music festival. You know, take the tour. No, no, it was like you could take a sound of music tour with a... I, I was I was assuming a, with a bus full of geriatric people. Anyway, yeah, so there was a... They do tours for tourists in Salzburg for the sound of music and people got very excited about it. And that's where my story ends because we did not go on that tour. <laughs> I can remember I, I drank a giant beer. It was about that big. It was a huge giant beer and a schnitzel, a chicken schnitzel bigger than my head. So Really? That's a pretty big head. Yes. Seriously, they don't mess around with their meat and their beer in uh, in Austria. And the funniest thing about Austria is you go into a, one of those souvenir shops that every city has yeah. when you have tourists. Mm-hmm. Um, they have t-shirts and signs that say, no kangaroos in Austria. Yeah, because of the people confusing because it with Australia. People literally ask, where are the kangaroos? Yeah. 
to the Austrians. So there's been enough people to ask this question that they sell T-shirts, no kangaroos in Austria. So I, I resisted the urge to buy the T-shirt. Oh, so, man. But, um, that was it's funny. Right. I, I have a so. T-shirt that says no lederhosen in Australia. <laughs> Good. For some reason, I take you as uh, as the type of man that probably would wear lederhosen in his spare time just for fun. <laughs> but I can quite nice. visually, mentally Let- picture you, um, you know, wearing some lederhosen. I think I have a costume. Well, you might. You've probably worn leather pants and suspenders, <laughs> but that's that's a whole different, completely different to lederhosen. Chaps, not pants. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway, so I go into the Sound of Music, the most famous musical of possibly all time, I guess, with no idea. And my girlfriend actually said to me, "You know, you're just going to know all the songs." And I said, I don't know any of these songs. How how can I know these songs? I know all of these songs. Yeah. There's songs in this show that I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know came from this show. Honestly. Like, okay, so the, the first one, Sound of Music, obviously, that's a bit of a giveaway. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise the next ten, I had no idea. I didn't know I knew Maria, had no idea it came from the sound of I know, I live in this weird world, Lisa. <laughs> I sometimes because when I'm talking to theatre people when I hear the words coming out of my mouth of how ignorant I am to this world I do get slightly embarrassed but I have spent a lifetime running away from musical theatre so this is this is odd my favourite things I had no idea no idea uh, I think I knew Do Re Mi and I didn't know 1617 and the yodeling on Goat Herd I'm out that's it I'm done oh, that's you, the there's best. no yodel there is no yodel in my musicals I'm I'm done on that one. Um, I listened to the original. Hang on. No, 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 no. Episode 28. You're going to contradict yourself there. What about yodeling? With our guest, F. Really? Michael Haney from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, who played Augustus Gloop. And there is a bit of yodeling in that. And the episode beforehand with Jeremy, who played Buddy Holly, who has that, that bit of a, a yodel in his voice. So don't give me that. Well, that's not a yodel. That's uh, just a vocal yeah, right, style. <laughs> this is like yodel I don't remember that and I was probably just being Well, it nice hasn't to, happened yet. That's why you Michael. don't remember it. That's why. We're only on episode 24. Well, so I say things and forget them straight away. So <laughs> I, I listened to this more than twice. Oh, wow. I, although when I got through halfway through the songs, I would just skip them because like, I know how this one ends. In fact, I know how it starts <laughs> and I know all the middle. Every reason that the unclean vocals grate you guys on Slipknot, the vocals on this grate me in the exact same way it is you're so mean like that okay as with everything musical theater everyone is talented of course they are they are they're insanely talented people and i'm sure this production's been done a hundred thousand times so i have to ask why and everyone's very talented and there is some serious vocal gymnastics going on through a lot of this and i'm going to say yes that's yeah i will pay tribute to that but wow it's a really good story ruined by singing (laughs) It's a great story. They've got Nazis and people are running away and you've saved a woman from becoming a nun, which that should be a musical just in itself. It's footloose with Nazis. Um, and then they ruined it with it, you know, as they say in Spam a lot, you know, stop singing. Don't even start But singing. that's what that's what awakens the beast is music. Okay. It's also it's not just Footloose, it's also Beauty and the Beast. It's Beauty and the Beast and Footloose together with Nazis. This is no, but I I like <laughs> Well, when you put it like that, I like Footloose. Exactly, I know. It's one of my favourite shows. Um, There's a song in here, Edelweiss, and I did some research into it. (laughs) I didn't know it was in this. In fact, 
there was a show on Amazon called The Man in the High Castle, yeah. which was kind of a dystopian. I mean, you've seen the show? I yeah. I watched it, yeah. Yeah. So that's the first time I heard that song. And that, and so I had a whole different feeling for that song. So when it came up in, in The Sound of Music, which is where it started back in 1960, I don't know when, um, I'm like, is that, is that, is that where it came from? And, uh, so yeah, and then I did some research and I've realized that I have literally been living under a rock when it comes to that song because people thought the song was like the Austrian national anthem for some bizarre reason because it was just so insanely popular. So I did not I did not like this at all. It was Aww. it was hard. It was hard. I'm You're so cold. I'm, I'm I'm cold and I'm hard and I thought if you as someone said when we did Titanic, it's just too musical for me. It needs it needs to be and that's because, you know, it was written by Hammerstein or whatever his name was. Um I kept thinking Hammersmith. That's because it's a concert venue in the UK. Yes. Yeah. This this is just far too musical for me and I would not see a stage production of, of this. What if Lisa ever. was the stage manager and I was the priest and the assistant director? Would you see it then? Um if Lisa was a stage manager, I would have to because she would say go and then I would <laughs> have to go because that is the power that she wields. Yeah. I just have to ask Lisa, did you you obviously love this show? No. <laughs> right. So did you um, did you just go, what's the most musical thing we can give this guy to to really just fuck with his head? I mean, it's a twofold story. <laughs> I mean, a little bit. <laughs> You're an evil person. But also, I'll say, like, I agree. I don't love the sound of music. And I listened to the same soundtrack you did uh, over the last couple of days. It was the first time I had listened to the music in 11 years. Yeah. So I did a run of The Sound of Music from 2008 to 2010. Oh, wow. I did 1,000 performances of The Sound oh, of Music. Oh, you poor thing. So can you, oh, God. Imagine, can you imagine, Gareth, listening to that eight times a week <laughs> for a, a year and a half? And I hadn't listened to Oh I hadn't listened gosh. to it then. No, I, no, it, it's, it makes me fully totally go insane. Like, I don't know how I'm standing here in front of you right now. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and, and also the production that I did was the reimagined version that Andrew Lloyd Webber's company had bought the rights to. So it was this new one that has played in Australia since then because our Georg von Trapp that came in to replace our original Georg in the last four months is one of your countrymen, Simon Burke. Um, oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I, uh, I, I worked with him and became quite great friends with him, actually, on that run. But the thing I do love about The Sound of Music is it was my big break into the commercial theatre world. So before that, I was playing in the in the little little oh. leagues and then i got that gig it was my first gig in commercial theater and it propelled me to doing the big huge multi-million dollar shows so that's why i love the sound of music for for oh, personally wow. for hey. what it did for me professionally but the truth is i you know i'm sorry that you had to sit yep. through that tour. <laughs> don't be sorry especially considering that Slipknot was like half as torturous yeah. as I thought it was going to be. I thought it would be an equal trade-off. I'm like, okay, sound and music versus some intense, crazy metal thing. And the truth <laughs> is, yeah. I won in this equation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
I actually, and that's what I thought when I was listening to it. I thought, what you've done to me, I know I'm doing it to you. And it turns out that no. No. I won. But I mean, it is a classic. And I, and of course, like the famous Canadian Christopher Plummer originated um, Georg von Trapp in the film. Mm. And everybody like watches it as a Christmas movie. But I don't know why it's like a Christmas movie that everyone watches because there's nothing really Christmassy about. But uh... no, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny. I've got um, friends of mine really good friends and every year at Christmas they do uh, like a postcard and they dress up and one year they did the sound of music yeah it was just <laughs> so when I was listening to this it made me think of that so it made me made me right. smile so yeah. Um, yeah really it made me it's, frown um... the whole time I, I fucking hate the sound of music <laughs> I used to like it as a child I think I think I watched it a lot. Um, I have it on DVD. But yeah, this was this was yeah. No, and and look, I signed up to do it in amateur <laughs> wow. theater okay. just to work with the director because I'd had such a good experience yeah. with him the first time around. I wanted to assist mm. him this time around instead of being mm. in the cast. So I did. I um. So yeah. No, I don't. I I only put up with that show for. I, I was only five months for me. <laughs> in terms of from rehearsals to the end mm. only mm. five months but i put up with that just to work with uh someone who ended up blocking me on facebook and twitter <laughs> oh, no. that's too bad yeah it is his loss like i said professionally it was so, like, kickstarted my career i also like i got to meet andrew lloyd Webber. he was yeah. at the rehearsals oh wow okay well and also in those days i was the assistant stage manager i wasn't the boss i was still you know beginning my chops so he had no time for me at all oh Um, really but i just watched him from afar i was like oh my god i'm in the same room as andrew lloyd weber and he's like talking the orchestra and he's sitting at the piano like it was it was insane to see that happen right um and and our maria won the title (laughs) show as from a reality TV show. So there was tons of press around the show. It was like a big, 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 oh, wow. big deal here. And like I said, l- like you, I the music, whatever. Um, I yeah. haven't been to it in 11 years, but professionally it warms me so much that that's why I, I chose yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's also hey. good that this is a show that we've both done because uh, the other one you had suggested, Lame Is, I auditioned for but didn't get into so that just leaves me bitter. That's gonna come. I, there's an, there's another one I haven't seen. We will be no. soon. This was this show inexplicably, and I don't know why they show it at Christmas. Yeah, I don't get it. But either. this is one of those shows, and I remember growing up as a kid on a Saturday afternoon. This would be the matinee when you were, you know, you're going. Oh, I'm just want to be. I just want to watch TV, and this would come on, and as so many of them, and it's like, no, nah, I'm out. Okay, <laughs> sitting in front of the TV is not for me. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go outside and. You know, get some fresh yeah, air. So, fair. yeah. And and a couple of times, like, like, I've seen snippets of it and you'd see, like, the Nazis turn up and I'd go, great. What? Is this a war movie? Are we going to get... No, no. Then they start singing again. And I was like, okay, you're not going to defeat the Nazis with yodeling and goats. I'm out. Okay, firstly, that's not true. You haven't seen the producers. Secondly, why are you getting excited to see Nazis but not singing, but you're a music reviewer? And what are you not telling us because about I, you, Gareth? I, I like the... F- because they lost the war. I like the fact I want to see some, you know, John Wayne used to kick Nazi butt all the time. I'd watch that and he didn't sing. One thing I noticed, I probably shouldn't tell this story to incriminate people, but I really don't give a fuck. <laughs> one thing I did notice was up. that the one song that excited people to sing was There's No Way mm. to Stop It, which I think, why? 
Mm-hmm. Why is mm. that the one song you're... Is it because it's the one lively song in the show that the adults sing, that as opposed to the kids singing the yeah. lively songs? Could that be it? Because all the, the other songs are fucking boring as. Mm-hmm. But it's really, it's saying, like, there's no way to stop this Nazi invasion. Why are you happy to sing that? I didn't argue with them because I was assistant director and it's not my job to get into arguments with the actors. <laughs> I got excited because I was listening to it on Spotify and I wasn't list, like paying attention yeah. to the... And so long farewell. And I went, holy shit, this thing comes in under half an hour. I am done. And it carried on. <laughs> yeah, who puts that song in the middle? Not no, even. It's like in the, the first third. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't watch the movie? I was no, I've never seen the movie. I'm not going to watch. And you the don't movie. know what it's about? No, I know what it's so about. You, There's oh, a nun, oh, okay. and she leaves the nunnery in Austria under Nazi occupation, and she meets Captain von Trapp, and they take the kids and whisk them away because they're a bunch of singing. They're a singing family. They're like the Osmonds, no, basically. No, no, he, his wife um, died, right? And they all these children are rowdy, and they can't they can't keep a, a nanny. Where 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 did where did her where before did, where did she died in the in the in the pre show pre show yeah. Okay. <laughs> she she died while you're ordering wine and and going yeah. to the toilet beforehand. Right. Okay. Right. And and so yep. the the Abbey doesn't know what yes. to do with Maria because she is oh, a little sprocket. Such a problem. Yeah. yeah exactly. She she's wild and and a rebel and loves to run around the hills and get her knees dirty. She's not nun material. No. That's pretty obvious. No. That's so they good on you Maria. Yeah. They ship her off to this house to help the captain to look after these children, but he's banned music from the house. This is where the footloose comes in. Oh, he's the he's the dude in footloose. Wow. And he and he hits on and he basically so he basically hits on the babysitter. No, she awakens <laughs> love in him oh, with awoke, music. Yeah, okay, okay? Mm. that's why it's called oh, the okay. sound of music. He hears them singing. At first, he rejects it. He's like, "No, I don't want singing in this house." Who hates music and singing? Well, clearly, Georg von Trapp did, and he—they're real people. They, these aren't musical characters. These were a real family. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's true. Yeah. The the story's been romanticized, obviously, because mm. I don't think it happened exactly like that. Um, but that's <laughs> but what it's a bit about. Of artistic it, license. Okay. It's it's, it's right. Beauty and the Beast no, in I... that respect that this nun and this beastly I think he's in the navy. Yeah, he's a captain. So this this yeah. naval officer and he's very very strict and has cut out music and she brings music back into the life. So the so long farewell scene is actually at a party and the kids mm. perform for all the adults and that's really mm. when he I think that's when he turns the corner and he he accepts her um for you know mm. what she's bringing to mm. the household. Okay. So, am I right, Lisa? Because I no, fucking to- hate the sound of music. You're totally, totally right. And of course, they do <laughs> fall in love amidst all this tragedy. And mm. I will say, the one song that I love in the sound of music, only because I'm a hopeless romantic, is the song "Something Good." I knew you were going to awesome. say that. <laughs> I love that one. I do hate the lonely goat herd like high on a hill was the yodeling oh, one. No, I hate that song. But no, something I love good, I something good's my favorite song in the show. No, no, no. So I'm glad we did the original because it didn't have something good in it because it was written <laughs> for the movie. That's right. No, I'm. Look- I don't like ballads. Yeah, I'm looking for it. Going. I don't remember that song. So they left the best song out. But something good <laughs> was in the Andrew Lloyd Webber version. They used yep. more of the movie soundtrack than the original Broadway soundtrack. Yep. So, yeah. So you know, yeah. you should go down the rabbit hole, Gareth. Really, like, give yourself. a treat after we're off the call tonight pour yourself a drink yep. and find something good and just you know think of it fondly. 
Oh, look, I will listen. Yeah, Julie Andrews sings it well. So the the as as with everything, and this always surprises me. The mu- the movie came from the musical. The musical was first. Is that right? Yeah. Well, technically, the real people yes. were first. Yeah. And yeah, then I the know, musical. But, yeah. Now, uh, just uh, on the musical, the or oh, obviously we're talking about that. The the book was written by Howard Lindsay and Russell Krauss, and to connect to Anthony Stewart Head in Buffy. Oh, always that. Buffy yes. season four, Maggie Walsh, oh. the leader of the initiative, the soldiers with Riley and they're underground and they put the chip in Spike's head. And she's the professor that's all, you know, she's real bitchy and, and, and tight ass with Buffy. You don't, you don't know this? Oh yeah. yeah. There was that big <laughs> underground, there was a yep. big underground initiative. Like, yep. Uh, yes. And like secret government. Shit. Maggie Walsh was played right. by an actress named Lindsay Krauss, who is right. the daughter of Russell Krauss, but was named after Howard Lindsay. So how's that for a Buffy connection right there? Okay. I'm glad we I'm glad we I'm glad it. we did that too, because <laughs> Joss may we, be a pariah, but we shouldn't make the show. So when you did Lisa, when you did this show and you said a thousand, you listen to because of your job, you literally you couldn't be like, I'm just gonna put some ear pods in. <laughs> No. Going to crank up something I like. And because you would have to be watching and listening mm. every, the whole thing. Yeah, so, yeah. And so I, and was the, so I was the primary person like uh, calling the show. And I, I'm not, I know, I'm not sure what the term is in Australia. Like I was pr- the prompt at front corner. Or prompt, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Prompt, yeah. Um, so that means that like, not only do I have to listen to the show, I have to like, I have to follow along with the score and read the music mm. because I have to call lighting cues and sound cues and automated scenery yep. cues and every single thing that moves on stage happens and it's all everything is coordinated in time yep. to the music and to the, some yep. of the dialogue but mostly the music so not only am i like intently listening like to the point where i'm like oh they dropped a line here oh there's a verse yeah. here. oh the orchestra is going yep. too fast i can't even put all the words in my mouth i mean not really there nonetheless um yeah yeah, yeah I, I not only can i not listen to it i have to like i can't you have to train yourself not to go into like sleeper mode where you're like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like a real exercise and going like, how do I keep myself engaged doing something over and over and over and over again, which is like, you know, yeah. kind of torture in its own way when you have to repeat the yeah. same thing over and over again. Because <laughs> the good thing about a live show is even though live theater is so unique because it's an individual and unique experience every single night. The thing that makes my job and the people that I work with so interesting and so hard is that we actually have to repeat the same thing over and over. You don't want any variation, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was listening all the time. So there was no, this is, this is interesting. This is probably the one interesting thing I discovered when I saw um, Aladdin on Broadway. Um, and we met the cast, the, the cast afterwards and we're asking the questions and the guy who played the genie would, every show he would ad lib. Hmm. And I thought, and and then all the other guys would have to sort of not completely out there, but he would just, just to keep things, he said, interesting for himself. Um, and he, he had the sort of part where he could do that and, everyone else kind of had to pick up on that and and work around it and i'm thinking shows like this there's just no there's no ad there's no ad libbing at all is there you're not you're not i don't want to i just want to sing it this way and um this is this is the you guys you guys sing the chorus for me sort of thing there's none of that is there no i mean 
I mean, the thing is, this especially with the big mega musicals, is that it is meant to be kind of a cookie cutter production. Yeah. Like the lame is I did in Toronto is the identical one that went that happened in Australia in 2014 yeah. or whatever. It's the exact same one. Yeah. Like they could oh, have literally okay. yeah. blown me to Australia and I could have called that show. And all that would have been different is the accents and like the the you know the actors playing the roles. Every single thing else is identical and should be. And for me, yep. you know, th there's a big struggle sometimes when you're doing that kind of commercial level show that the, I mean, the audience, that's what they want. They want to see something they, they're familiar with and they're going to know and they're going to love. Yeah. But to me, that's kind of a little bit like a, it's disrespectful to the process and to everyone else on stage. Like, I think it's kind of, mm. unless the director says, you got two minutes to just like crack your own joke and do it. Like if it's a yeah. given direction, sure. But overall, I'm kind yeah. of like, that's kind of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't a good show, I could tell. Anyway. Yeah, they did the pre-Broadway trials in Toronto and I saw yeah. one version of it, but they literally, in the month that they played here, they had like 17 different shows. Like every night it was a new rewrite, a new entry, yeah. cut this, a cut that. Like it was a wow. really um, tumultuous experience before it went to Broadway. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And there it was. But anyway, <laughs> that was just, that's not my, yeah, Disney and musical, you couldn't have put me in a worse show, honestly. <laughs> oh. uh, it's It scarred me. It did. Wow, that's uh Yeah. It didn't. I felt honestly my claim to fame is I fell asleep in the middle of the second act. So There you go. Or the middle of the first act or something anyway. Okay. That happens I, a lot. I that's missed. an expensive nap, <laughs> but it happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't pay for the ticket. It's alright. <laughs> but we, Bonus. we had dinner before the show and it was lots of beer and food and you know, anyway. Hey, I Your get it. Way. I get it. And I work in the theater full time and have seen <laughs> <laughs> Thousands and thousands yeah. of shows. Lots of them are the same one over and over, but I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, I really, really admire your discipline to do the sound of music yeah. for that long. So the, come from away, I could I could do that till the cows come home. Why do I keep saying that? I haven't I haven't seen I wanna actually I wanna talk about um I haven't seen I'm going to see it. I've this is on my it is on my list of every musical that I wanna see. Um well Comfort Ways the only one on the list at the moment, so that is definitely there. Wow. Oh is that? No, it's not. Oh, there's some other ones. The but, prom? Uh, Assassins. Uh, yeah, I want to see. That's Assassins. a good one. Um, I wanted to talk about. I wanted to ask you about Come From Away because I was watching Check In From Away, and you did the Aussie, the Aussie one with all our, our great cast who are working, which is amazing. And there, you showed a clip of the, and I think Aaron, you were probably at this show. Um, the the new, the new, the new opening night, and there was a there was a little there's a a little speech about this is the first, and I can't I can't remember how many. Oh, that yeah. No, I, I wasn't at that. Okay. Night. I can't remember how many days it was, but it was like this is the first one in. It was almost a year. It was three hundred and something. Yeah, it's yeah. like three hundred and thirty days. There was an days or audible something. gasp from the audience, which was absolutely amazing, and and I think it sort of it showed that um, how important it was, and it's been to get theatre back and get people back working and and get people back being entertained. I thought it was a really great. Mm -hmm. That was a it was a great thing. Was where did that did they did they shoot that or was that some bootleg you guys found or yes yeah, so, no so that was uh, so the team that puts it up in Australia is the same team that did it here in Toronto so we yeah. all know each other and uh, that was something that was shot I'm not sure by who on the night like it, it, that they had like Ricky the associate choreographer who was one of the men doing the speech he kind of had the darker 
brown hair, he had it and he shared it with us. But I will say that that video went viral on yep. Facebook here in Canada. And even people that had didn't work on Come From Away, just yeah. arts workers and theater makers and artists watched that video and felt such a sense yeah. of hope watching it, you know, it really, really, yeah. really warmed people and, and, and touched people on a visceral level. I think yeah. it, even if they didn't work on Come From Away, it was, it's just a really special thing to have happen. It really is. Yeah. yeah. And it's great that you could, you said it went viral. That doesn't surprise me. It's just great. You could share that with, you know, the rest, you know, the yeah. rest of the world. So yeah, there is, there is light at the end of the tunnel everybody who's not in australia i don't want to share it huh? i don't want to go to fucking brisbane <laughs> i don't want to go to sydney i don't want to go to perth or wow. Adelaide. i want it to come back to You're melbourne just, just stay in melbourne we've got the east end theater district here i don't know why we're calling it the fucking east end man we're... is that where i saw um book of mormon yes all right i've been there then yeah yes but that's the east okay. end theater district right. yes yeah, so, so you can there. just come here they could build a theater specifically for it right they could open our own production of phantom of the opera so we've got our own tourist musical they could have a proper east end district theater district in melbourne if they actually invested a few million dollars into it but why would they do that when they're too busy building fucking roads no give us some more theaters give us a proper working permanent theater district that shows come here and stay yes, do they don't go after a couple of months well, kind of, but they kind of have to go though don't no because you up. Could... i don't want it to go i want billy elliott you... to stay I want yeah. come from you a way to, to stay. You have to spread the love. You got to spread the love. Yeah, like oh. how many people live in Melbourne? Like, like thirty five million. Oh, okay, there you yeah. go. It's like thirty exactly. Three best Toronto. Yeah. Okay. So it's yeah, it's stable enough. We've got a huge theater industry. We've got look a big, a big enough theater industry. Amateurs are patting ourselves on the back. Wow. Because that's how big our fucking theater. Part of my language. Yes. So look, we've got the arts center that's got a few theaters in there, sure. But I, I don't think six is enough to sustain a fully functional working Broadway type district. Yeah, but don't you like it? It means it switches it up. It keeps it fresh. New shows all the time. You can see. Nope, nope, nope. Tommy's coming August. My favorite of all time um, album across all genres. That's coming for like nine shows. Oh, that's not. That's not. I know. And I have to see that show now. You should. I'm gonna see it. Honestly, you'll like it. It's a total rock opera. It's it's not. Oh no, he's gonna hate it then. (laughs) The problem. No, no. The problem with rock opera. There's too much opera in my rock, but um, which is which is nonsensical (laughs) because. Some of my favorite metal singers are like uh, they sing in that operatic style, so that's just I'm just a rolling conundrum of idiocy, to be honest. So, well, you are anyway. Um, I've got an 11 o'clock that I need to be right across the other side of town, so I have I literally have to run. I'm going to say thank you and goodbye. Thank you so much for joining us here. I look forward to going to Australia and having a beer with you one day. Yes, let's do that. Okay, thank you so much, Lisa. It's been awesome. 100%. Bye, good work, Gareth. We'll be back in a moment with Lisa Humber. G'day, listeners. Aaron here. While me and Gareth are taking a break, I thought now would be a great time to spill my guts. Well, not my guts. The fully fabulous Kristen Johnston's, whose hilarious yet harrowing memoir, Guts, details her roller coaster ride through all the excesses of Hollywood and the toll it can take on even the fiercest of bitches. Keijo has shed all pretense by opening up her heart and soul in this gripping tale which will leave readers reaffirmed of their own inner strength and ability to kick some ass in this world. You may know her as Sally Solomon 
or as Joan Collins's bedrockian daughter. But once you've dived into Kristen's guts, you'll come to know that she's nothing short of a warrior. Available now where all good books are sold, grab your copy of Guts today. I'll, I'll ask the same question that I asked Steffi. I don't typically like to repeat questions, but we'll see what your perspective is. Who would be your dream guests for check-in from away? Ooh, that's Steffi a big said one. Avenue Q original Broadway cast. Wow. Uh, and, and this is from any point in time. So you can you can go back to the original Shakespearean casts if you like. They'd all be men. Uh, and I think in today's times of female empowerment, no one wants that. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I think because this is like, again, is rooted in my childhood, but like, I would love to have Andrew Lloyd Webber as a guest. Like yeah. when I was a young, a young girl, like my family, we grew up, I grew up five hours north of Toronto in a small town and our big family trips were to drive to the big city of Toronto and see the big musical. And it was always oh, like wow. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat or Phantom of the Opera or, you know, that sort of thing. So for me, it would be a real, a real, and also because I worked on the, um, the sound of music with and he was there obviously I was a nobody but I'd yeah. love to just chat with him and you know connect with him he would be a dream guest and yeah. Weber. I know it's kind of cheesy but I don't care no. but it's but it is true like this whole business is built on connection and reputation and who you know and you know and 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 we actually the industry is so small like I've worked with several people from Australia and or yeah. know someone that knows someone like it is insane how small the global community is yeah australia toronto broadway and the west end like really yeah and and look even with asia connected to australia because a lot of our performers go up there to perform and a lot of north american performers go to germany to perform and you know what i mean like it it, it really does become a a small community and even especially in the past year it's become even smaller because people have become aware of each other and what they've done and and where their careers have been online like connecting online with shows like this and shows like check-in from way you know talking to people from all over the world that are like-minded have the same interests and know lots of the same people or one degree of separation right so yeah yes <laughs> no, you're still doing alice aren't you i'm done okay. alice but i started I... another show that is yep. um going to be streaming another it's a one-man really cool musical and that's going to be streaming in end of april hopefully it'll all work out with the government stuff but we're yeah. in rehearsals for it right now so a one-man musical that's kind of how i live my life kind of like seven music videos that are going to be live streamed so okay, yeah cool. oh wow uh, speaking of come from away when did you join did you join when it opened in 2018 was it in toronto no i was with it for uh the canadian company we started rehearsals in november of 2017 um, and i was with the show all the way until march 13th 2020 when we did our last performance but i was with the show um the toronto canadian company since the very beginning yeah did you see the original workshop the two-act workshop no i did not see it i didn't know that much about come from away Um, i didn't you i didn't no, I didn't no. know that. I mean, I remember when it did the pre-Broadway trial in Toronto yep. and everyone was raving about it and you couldn't get a ticket. And I was working on a pantomime, a Christmas panto, and I was like, whatever, what's this show? Like, how can it be that good? Yeah. And then lo and behold, a year <laughs> later, you know, I'm the stage manager for it. I was like, okay, I get it now. Um, but I never saw it or anything before. Okay. That's good because Steffi did and I'm so jealous because I yeah. really want to see it, how, how it could have been as a two-act musical. Yeah. Um, I don't care how crude the footage is, David and Irene, please. You know, I'm, I'm 
happy to spruik your show. All I want is to see that show. Anyways, so obviously you're off stage when it happens, uh, when when the show's happening. But what's your favorite moment that you feel the vibe from the audience? I mean, I would definitely say that the play out, like the end of the show, and this the way that the audience reacts, because yep. there's not very many moments, as you know, in the show where. There's no release, and that's intentional, right? Like it's、yep. like moment after moment after moment, and you just this tension keeps building, building, building. Quite like it would have felt in that week,、uh, you know, in Gander, no time to release, build, 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 build.、Yep. So when that eruption happens at the end with the band playout, it's really something phenomenal to hear. Like it, it's it's un I've never done a show where every single performance, every single that one that we've done, it's like almost nine hundred. The same reaction happens every night, even、yep. if you're there and you're like. Oh, they're not that loud today, or、mm, they're a bit quiet. What's going to be like? Without fail, at the end of the show, the audience goes crazy, and、yep. that that you can't replicate that feeling. I love, love, love that feeling. Yeah, well, speaking of audiences,、uh, it's not a question I've written down, but I meant to ask this the other day with our other guest,、um, who was in NBC Lives. Jesus Christ Superstar. I don't know if you saw that with John Legend, but the audience all the way through that ruins it because they're screaming any time an actor fucking looks at them. Do you feel that reality television, like the competition shows like Idol and and X Factor and The Voice and all that, where they give standing ovations to anything, like and I mean anything, anything out of tune. Do you feel like that's made its way into theatre? Now, I preface this by saying, "Come from Way" is the only show where I have automatically stood up at the end of it. I've never,、uh, like, maybe when I was younger, when my friends were in a show and we were just being stupid, giving them standing ovations, but they were in a pantomime or whatever. But this is the only professional show. Not even Billy Elliot, I, I gave a standing ovation to, and I cried all the way through Act One in that. So, do you feel like that sort of that audiences are tourist audiences? I'm, I'm saying. Feel like they're they're thinking oh we have to stand up now like that's what they're supposed to do oh yeah a hundred percent I definitely think that, like once、alone. upon a time the standing ovation was because you know the show was so phenomenal like you couldn't、yeah. do anything it did that to you and I do feel that you know audiences have been taught to do、yeah. a standing ovation at the end of a show and performers are expecting it now as well so it's、oh, kind of a double edged sword where they're like well they didn't stand or only half the audience stood it and I'm You know, I'm the type of audience member who eventually, if the whole entire room is standing up, I'm not going to be the only one sitting in my seat. Like, because I also am like, well, now I'm not. And because you、yeah. know, when I go to shows, lots of people know me, and they'll be like, Lisa Humber didn't stand. <laughs> What's your problem, right? But I do feel that push and pull sometimes. Like, unless、yeah. it's pretty rare that I'll like jump to my feet and a standing ovation because, and I do think that audiences are being trained badly. Yeah, and, but、uh... and, you know. And it's true. It's because of this reality TV show world that、yeah. we live in. I, I I love you, Lisa. Thank you for <laughs> confirming because this is something that has been driving me nuts for years. And I saw I don't even remember what it was. Look, and I'm all for a Patty Lupone coming out on stage and getting her round of applause. When she first exits, but even、uh, sorry, first enters. Even then, I still think, wait, wait until th- she's spoken. 
because you don't know she might open her mouth and suddenly burp or something and or whatever yeah let's not bloody can our chickens before they hatch but one thing i saw was the a, a, a transition between a younger character turning into an older character and it wasn't anything special the lights didn't go down there was no puff of smoke or anything like that there was no disappearing magic box it's just one ducked and the other one ran out and the audience stood up and applauded and i felt really sad because why i know it's like what motivated them to do that though was that like was that something that was like what's the motivation was it something that the director had cleverly done that all of a sudden like causes osmosis or was it because they're like oh well in the voice when they do the changeover from the one singer to the other and everyone's on their feet well i guess that's what we do now right it's that's yeah. a very interesting question yeah like, was you know, was it something so smart that the director had come up with? And that's why you were like, I can't help it. I have to stand. Or is it because people have been programmed to do this? Yeah, I, I really do think it is because they've been programmed. Yeah. And, you know, and obviously like the theatre industry is thousands and thousands of people, but it's still small compared to the yeah. rest of the people who are coming to the shows. We're not going to be taking up a hundred percent of a, an audience every production, you know. Maybe niche shows that no one's heard of, like Closer Than Ever. Yeah, that's going to be yeah. all theater audiences, isn't it? No, it just it drives me nuts. It really does. So thank you for confirming that. As I say, it wasn't written, but I, I sort of just thought I'd bring it up. Obviously, with um, Alice has just finished up. So does that hang on? Does that mean I missed it? No. So it's available to stream. Okay. We, had, we had to pre-record it. We originally we were going to live stream it, but because oh. of how tight the regulations were here in Canada with the pandemic, they weren't okay. allowing live streaming in theaters. So we had to record oh. it. So we recorded the whole thing over two days, five cameras, um, and it looks really good. And it's yep. available for streaming to purchase. It's twenty dollars a household till yep. the end of April. And there's like several and it. And, and it's totally set up like if you were going to the theaters. So I think you can only buy tickets Thursday through Sunday or something. And, you know, there's 7 p.m. performances and 1 p.m. And then once you buy your stream, you have four hours to watch it. And then okay, the link yeah. appears. I did an Alice in Wonderland as I, I sent you the picture. Yeah. I don't, why did I think it was March 25th? Um, you know what? Because I think probably originally when we spoke like way back when, when we were supposed to be live streaming it, it was that last weekend in March and okay. it was six performances over over four days and then our schedule changed and that's probably where all of that happened all right because so it's the not original, me. <laughs> original time when we were talking when i was like i'm doing alice let's connect later yeah, yeah. that was still the plan so okay. that's you weren't wrong i wasn't wrong no, and the fact changed. i remembered it for so long <laughs> I didn't check it up or anything. I, I probably should have checked it up, but I sort of remembered it March 25th stuck out in my mind and I probably look like an idiot to all the other people who don't know me. Um, no. But if they were to listen to this show, they would hear what a, an absolute moron I can be <laughs> at times. Like no, Canadians I, are very forgivable of Australians because of your accent, you know, and you guys are kind of, so, yeah. have this reputation of being real fun-loving people. So don't worry about that. Yeah, no, it's... Look, you guys have a, a reputation for being nice, so. Oops. <laughs> that's no, that's, and you're single. That's really good, by the way. Really Thank like you. That. Thanks yeah. for your support and, you know, retweeting my singles and like checking out the Spotify. I really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's really awesome. So thank you. Someone added me to a Spotify playlist that I don't know. They added me for eight days and then it was called the newcomers playlist. And in yeah. eight days, it got like 6,000 streams. And then, then I got taken off the playlist and they added a whole bunch of new artists. So I was like, I don't know how this happened, but I'll take it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And then, and obviously I've, I've told you Tickle Cove Pond is my jam. 
Oh, that was that was actually that's my dad's favorite song, and yeah. I did it for him as a birthday present for his seventieth birthday. Before oh, I ever, ever, ever like thought about writing my own music, it was like yeah. totally a one-off. It was this, I wanted to do a special birthday gift for him. So my yeah. friend, who's a producer and a professional musician, I asked him, I'm like, would you help me with this? This was in I, two years ago now. And he was like, no problem. Of course, I'll help you. And that was like, that happened. And then fast forward a year and a half. And then all of, now I'm pursuing my, doing my own music. But Tickle Cove Pond was a birthday gift for my dad. So it wasn't a dream you were chasing before that? No, I mean, I had wow. studied music as a person in my teenagers and early 20s and then gave it up for 20 years to have this career that became all-encompassing. And then uh, when the pandemic hit, you know, I've always had lots of songs in my head and kind of noodled around in private and then kind of thought like, I just, I can't hold back anymore. <laughs> I yeah. gotta try doing this. So that's how it all came to be. Like I only started in September. Wow. So you and I have that in common that we we put aside our dreams for how long? A long yeah, time. Exactly. And, and long now time. We're, we're chasing it. At, at the same time although you've yeah. been working in professional theater in that time my experience in professional theater was 1999 <laughs> um so yes anyway so your next single skin is going to be released on the 6th of may and our listeners will be able to find that on spotify apple music where else can they find it that's the only two i know <laughs> No, Spotify, Apple Music. I also have a really cool music video that I'm in the works of doing uh, yep. that'll come out on YouTube on May 6th. So oh, wow. that'll be yep. exciting. Yeah. Awesome. This is your first ever pre-promotional video hits or whatever, top of the pop style. That's from... right. And I'm thrilled that it's here with you and with uh, Gareth and, uh, you know, doing it up in Australia. Yeah, with, with these two nobodies that <laughs> just speak hatefully to each other all the time. Like, <laughs> why, why your match works, I guess. You guys yeah. just get each other. We do. No, um. Yes, uh, single, that's done. And where can people find you on the socials? Yeah, so you can find me personally at Lisa Humber. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. Or you can find me on Check In From Away. We have all the socials there on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, which is all Check In From Away, at Check In From Away. Or on Twitter, it's at Check Away. That's right. So you know it better than me. Yes. On Twitter, it's at Check Away. On Facebook, <laughs> it's not existent. I'm nope. failing hard. And yep. on Twitter and on Instagram, it's at check in from away. I, I don't think there's been any episode where someone's given their correct socials. <laughs> I don't but, think. Yeah. No. I love Twitter like you. I'm the I'm the Twitter user. Steffi hates it, but I love it. It's yeah. my favorite. Yeah, no, Facebook's got family. Yeah. But yes. No, look, um, thank you very much for joining us. And sorry to how long have we we kept you? Oh, it's only no, been. it's okay. Well, it was uh it was thank you so much for having me. It was a real nice, nice chat. And uh, you know, I'm happy I learned everything I did about slipknot today. Yeah, like I I'm surprised that oh, I'm surprised that you enjoyed it like you did or as much as you did, because I saw the theatricals as well. And also that you don't like the sound of music very much because neither do I and that just means that we both got to gang up and torture Gareth with one of the worst musicals possible to torture him with and neither of us were hurt by it in the process so exactly. it was perfect so thank <laughs> you so much it yep. was so nice no, meeting you, you virtually I look forward to chatting with you again and seeing you on Twitter Yes, we're going to have some drinks, people, one day. Yes, I can't wait. And our listeners are not invited because we'll be talking about all of you guys. So (laughs) you guys at home, you take care and we will see you next time. And we'll let Lisa take us out with skin. Hooray. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It was really good.